Expert Insights is an ongoing medical education podcast. The Carl Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please click on the link and complete the episode's post-test. This podcast forum is brought to you to share expertise and insights within our integrated delivery system to help us improve the health of the people we serve and achieve world-class accessible care. This is Expert Insights. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Advances in drug discovery have identified novel therapeutic approaches to treat so many disorders and conditions. Here to tell us about some of the hot topics in pharmacotherapeutic advances is my guest, Dr. Rajul Gandhi. He's the pharmacy manager at the Carl Foundation Hospital. Dr. Gandhi, explain a little bit about how pharmacotherapeutic advances have changed over the years. What's different now? Well, I think the biggest thing is the explosion of the specialty drug market. I mean, specialty drugs have been around for a long time, probably the last 15 years. But back then, we only had three or four. And today, with uh, the impact of cancer and the new medications coming out to treat cancer, you know, we get maybe three or four per month that are coming out um, that you're learning about. And, you know, you have to kind of figure out where that fits in the uh, treatment scheme. And so some of these are for cancer. Some some of them are called like immunotherapy, uh, biologics. And so there's a lot pretty much ramping up in that group alone. I think, you know, we're closing in on about $200 billion worth of drugs in that category. Wow. So why don't we delve a little bit more into immunotherapy and biologics, some of the recent cancer drugs that other providers should probably know what's going on. Tell us a little bit about some of the hot topics. Oh, I mean, I think the biggest thing is anything that ends in like Moomab, all these monoclonal antibodies, those are the things, and a lot of them are oral. So, you know, traditionally we thought about, um, you think about a, a drug that's a pill form, um, or you're thinking about cancer that was given IV, some of that stuff is now given orally. And with respect to biologics, they're bigger molecules. Um, so we were always always used to smaller molecules that are sort of, you know, you're taking as a pill, but these are larger molecules, the ones that we're infusing. Um, so they're also more expensive. And I think that's really what has uh, impacted the pharmacy world and, and uh, healthcare in general and the cost of drugs is this explosion of not only the number of drugs, but then the expense. So it's really, it's not sort of a vertical line. It's sort of, um, you know, it's an increasing at a very rapid pace. And chemotherapy drugs are now even available orally, aren't they? Correct. Yeah. Oral, oral chemotherapy is becoming more and more prevalent. So as long as you're mentioning drug costs and the rising costs of pharmacotherapeutic agents, speak about some of that and what you're seeing as a pharmacist and also the drug shortages and where other companies are jumping in to try and take up some of that shortage. Yeah, I mean, drug costs are going up and part of that is the drug shortages because honestly what happens is if you you used to have maybe four or five manufacturers uh, making one drug, well, you're down to one manufacturer and sometimes they hike the price of the drug. So you're trying to figure out alternative therapies. You're looking back at what what did we used to do 10 years ago if we don't have this drug today. Uh, But drug shortages is a huge issue because you're trying to just take care of patients on a day-to-day basis in a hospital setting or an ambulatory setting where you're uh, giving infusions there, but you may not have 
simple medications like, you know, Zofran for nausea at your disposal anymore. Uh, sometimes it's life-saving drugs and sometimes it's convenience medications. But regardless, on average, you know, we hold a weekly meeting regarding just drug shortages alone. So it's, it's a huge issue, and it's not just drugs, but it's also fluids. If you can't get the fluids to put the drugs in, then it's hard to do that. And then sometimes if you've got fluids and you have drugs, you don't have the bags. You need empty bags. So we've gone through all sorts of things. It's just it's supply and drugs all together. When you look at that, it's increasing the cost of health care. And where would Amazon and other companies come in to help with this? Where do you see that going? Well, so this is this uh, interest by Amazon to get involved in pharmacy uh, will be something to watch definitely over the next uh, five years or so. I think with them buying, I think it was PillPack, that is something that we need to look at and see what they're actually going to do because the way that I understand that that's generally more in having medications and packages put together for specific patient populations. So I think there's certainly... A need there that, uh, you know, traditionally community pharmacies have not done that because there is not a whole lot of uh, benefit or margin in that space. So if Amazon's able to to do that because they're doing it at a large scale, they may be able to to help with that aspect of it. Um, and, and patients are having more and more medications uh, mailed to them because a lot of the specialty drugs are mailed to them directly or they have to have specific temperature requirements. And so, Um, patients are seeing more and more drugs sent to them as opposed to them going to a pharmacy to pick them up. How interesting. And and along those lines, Dr. Gandhi, is adherence. And as a pharmacist, you discuss this with patients, you discuss with other providers about adherence to blood pressure, cholesterol medication, to any of these things. And where do you see that being a trend or a topic to discuss, adherence to the medications? Yeah, adherence to medications is is definitely been around for a long time. Even when I worked in a PBM, adherence was a big thing that we were looking at to see how can we get patients to take their medications on a consistent basis over a long period of time. So they're pretty good at doing that for the short term if you ask them to. But doing it over the long haul, its numbers still drop to 50%, and that is even in cases of oral chemotherapy or things. So it's really hard to push for adherence. And when we have so many patients who have hypertension and diabetes that could lead to heart attacks and strokes and uh, renal disease, then we need to figure out how to have patients stay compliant and adherent over a really long period of time. And that is really the the place to do research. And that's actually one of the things that I'm working on with um, the University of Iowa, we're looking at a study where we're trying to determine how to have young females uh, even do healthy habits or stay compliant um, and adhere to sort of a healthy lifestyle before they even get hypertension. So in your opinion, what do you feel the role of a pharmacist or another provider is in keeping an eye on adherence? What, What is their role? I think the biggest thing for pharmacists is that every time that a patient comes into the pharmacy to pick up meds, is if you're noticing that they're not picking certain meds up and they're long-term medications like for cholesterol or diabetes or hypertension, that's when you need to step in and talk to them and have a conversation about 
why they're not taking them, what is the barrier, and breaking down those barriers and making them understand if they don't, why they really need to take those medications. And since pharmacists are sort of the medication experts, that's really their role and function on a day-to-day basis that they should be uh, talking about. Physicians and other providers, obviously, you know, when they're having, when they're prescribing that medication for the first time, it's really important to talk to the patient about why they're starting them on that medication. Then if, if they have questions, obviously, when they get that filled at the pharmacy, they should be talking to the pharmacist about that. And with the new pharmacy counseling laws, especially in Illinois, you know, the pharmacist should be counseling those patients uh, right off the bat. What a fascinating topic and, and what a fascinating, exciting field that you're in. Dr. Gandhi, wrap it up for us. What you'd like other providers to know, other pharmacists and primary care providers about some of these pharmacotherapeutic advances and adherence and drug shortage and kind of put it all together for us in a way that, you know, how you would like them to be involved in all of this. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing right now is it's becoming more complex. Each patient is becoming more complex. There are more and more medications, new medications, different drug interactions. And so I think for providers, if they're having trouble with that, reach out to your pharmacist, you know, ask them questions, even your local pharmacist, get to know who your local pharmacist is and send your patients that way and try and get as many of the medications for your patients in one place if you can. Sometimes that's not possible, but the more you do that, the more chances that a pharmacist is going to catch those drug interactions. And the other thing that, you know, when you're partnering with the pharmacy uh, and, and you have the same patient and you have that triad going, that's what really helps the patient over a long period of time stay adherent. They know that their pharmacist and physician are talking about their health in the background um, and, and doing the best that they both can in order to promote the patient's health. Um, and a very simple thing to start doing for providers is when you're prescribing a medication, put right on there what it's for. So if you're giving a patient lisinopril, tell them it's for high blood pressure. That way they know and they read that every day on their bottle. They're likely to remember why they're taking it. If they know why they're taking it, they're more likely to take it over the long haul. That's great advice. Dr. Gandhi, thank you so much for being with us today. Really such an interesting field, an interesting topic. Thank you again. You're listening to Expert Insights with Carl Foundation Hospital. For a listing of Carl providers and to view Carl-sponsored educational activities, please visit carlconnect.com. That's carlconnect.com. We hope the information gained will be applicable to your work and life. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.